Hello and welcome to Grace Life Tigerberg. We are a gospel-centered church family focused on reaching the unreached and making disciples. We pray this teaching will help you to grow in your relationship with Jesus and discover more of the reality of Christianity. you've got um, uh, the PDFs, uh, which you might or might not, if you don't, just open up your Bible, take some notes, uh, uh, follow like that. Um, I don't have a hundred verses, I've just got about 20, so that's a relief this morning. But what I want to speak about is, um, it's kind of like twofold. Number one is like, what could stop your healing? But then also number two, um, don't wait for your healing. Okay? And... um, you know, uh, uh, I got um, I was ministering somewhere else this morning, and they got someone to fill in for me, and they, they sent a message just to say, this is what they're ministering on, and I said, um, that's awesome, and they said, I'm actually ministering to myself this morning, <laughs> and I was like, you always are, like that, yeah, so I'm ministering to myself as well as to you, because uh, the, the, the word is truth regardless of circumstances and regardless of um, our experiences. So often we make the mistake of looking at our experiences and, and we interpret the word. When we've got to look at the word and interpret our experiences. What do I mean by that? Well, an easy one or not so easy one because of the, the situation now is in the event of a, lost, of, of a loved one through a tragedy, you, you, you might go, well, we don't know why God did that. I can guarantee you God didn't do that. You know, uh, uh, and we would automatically think, well, we don't know what God's working in mysterious ways. We don't know what his plans are and how he's going to bring this to, to some kind of glory. It's like, you know, shut up. It's, 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 it's like the worst belief that you can have about a situation like that. What is true is God is good, God is faithful, and God is love. Uh, if it's good, it's God. If it's bad, it's not. You know, the thief, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And I'll throw this out for another day. Maybe Etienne can clean it up sometime. But like, God has nothing to do with death, and He never planned to. Death has nothing to do with Him. Okay? I I, I kicked off the conference yesterday by saying this, so let me say this again. Go to Hebrews chapter 1. Because this is is vital. Um, Hebrews chapter 1, verse uh, 3, gives us a clue at how to interpret the Bible. It says, who being the brightness, talking about Jesus, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person. That phrase, express image, means exact replica, if you look it up in the Greek. Okay? So it's saying that the Son is the exact replica of Jesus. He's a carbon copy. Jesus is a carbon copy of the Father. Okay? Uh, um, if you don't believe me from that verse, then let's go to what Jesus said. He said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So, uh, uh, if we don't see it in Jesus, we never see it in the Father. So, we can read through Genesis to, Exod- uh, to Le- um, what's it? Malachi. We can read through the whole Old Testament and come short of, uh, of not just the glory of God, but <laughs> come short of knowing who God is. Let's face it, the Jews only have Genesis to Malachi and they don't know who God is. Okay, they don't. Why? Because the full revelation of God is in Christ. And so we have to know Christ to know the Father. Jesus even said there's no other way to the Father except by Him. So there's no other way to know the Father except by Him. 
So if we don't see it in God, I mean, in, the, in Jesus, we never see it in the Father. For example, Jesus never put sickness on anyone. So when we sometimes read and it gives us the impression that God maybe put sickness on someone, you need to do better Bible interpretation. Okay? That's just a, a clue. But what I want to kick off by saying is that the cross, which we're celebrating this coming week, uh, being Easter week, the cross has, is completely about salvation. Okay, the death and the resurrection of Christ is about salvation, redemption. Go read through the whole book of Romans and, and look at what is it talking about. Romans, okay? You, you read, just, just read through Romans chapter 5 and you think about what is it talking about with regards to uh, salvation. It's talking about salvation, redemption from sins. From sin, from, from a problem, so that the glory of God could live inside of us, so that we could experience eternal life. Okay? So salvation has, did not bring healing then. Okay, I know that, that this is something I, I, I learned for, and I believed and I taught for a long time, but now I can uh, very confidently and, and unashamedly say, I don't believe that salvation brings healing. How do I know that? Because I know many Christians who are sick, but they're not struggling with their salvation. They might struggle to believe their salvation, but in their physical bodies, they've got maybe uh, uh, something wrong. And that doesn't mean they didn't get full salvation. They've got salvation, they just don't have healing in their bodies. Okay? And that's not interpreting the word through experience, but if you go and study out even the verses that we used to say salvation brought healing, we're, but we, we, we're butchering the scripture. And uh, uh, I believe Etienne would have touched on some of that. But salvation did provide the power to effect healing. Salvation did provide the power to effect healing in ourselves and in others. So what does that mean? Salvation brings a oneness with God. Salvation brings the Holy Spirit now to dwell in me for eternity. I'm now one with Him for eternity. So if He is the healer, then I've got the healer living in me, which means I've got access to healing. Okay? So that, that, that's what we've we, we, we got to note with that. You know, there's a lot of weirdness in the body of Christ with regards to healing. Depending on which camp you're looking at, it's a, a varied degree of weirdness. Um, <clears throat> walk through this pool of water and you'll be healed. That's superstitious garbage. And they see results. But let's go back to Exodus and look at Pharaoh. He had miraculous power in the courts of Pharaoh. Uh, his, his magicians turned a stick into a snake. Things like that. So, you know, uh, uh, in many, um, what, do you, what do you call them, religions or whatever, there, there, there's, there's prophecy. I'm not talking about Christianity or, or godly kind of prophecy, but just because someone can prophesy and tell you your phone number, just because somebody can, can, can make a miracle or something, doesn't mean they are from God. You know, we've got to test them according to doctrine. What are they teaching? Okay? Because I know some of the... the, the I, I'm, I'm thinking of someone now who's got a, a, a major ministry. I know them personally. I've, known them, I've met them a couple of times. And I can tell you they're not even saved. But they can tell you your phone number. The problem is I know my phone number. <laughs> so I need something more impressive than that. So if we think about Jesus, we think about the disciples, we think about the book of Acts. Okay? When did Jesus ever tell anybody, confess your sins and I'll heal you? 
I've been in circles where you have to fill in a 14-page uh, uh, confession report kind of thing in order to go for ministry, for, for healing or whatever. You know, like when did they ever say to someone, now, now I'm going to ruffle your feathers unless uh, Etienne maybe has already ruffled them like this, but when did Jesus or the... Um, okay, let's, let's leave Jesus out of this, okay? After the, the, the resurrection, when did any of the apostles or disciples ever say... By his stripes you're healed. Never. Never. We don't see that. Okay? So it's important for us to see that, that, that we've we got to do a, a proper study of what is the word saying here. Okay? So healing isn't by confession of sins. Healing isn't even by confession. A lot of people get into this, um, I don't know what you'd call it, but this, this kind of zone. Okay, let's maybe now leave out by stripes, I'm healed. But some people would quote that, or you'd just quote, I'm, I'm healed, I'm healed, I'm healed, I'm healed, I'm healed. You know, I've got the healer in me, I've got the healer. That's not going to do anything. That, that, that's just some kind of, what do you call that? Like a um, cantation. Chant. <laughs> Chant. You know, it's like it's not going to do anything. <clears throat> yeah, because, like, I mean, even if someone was to say, I'm saved, I'm saved, I'm saved, Jesus is Lord, Jesus is Lord. Like, you can say it with your mouth. But, but there's got to be some kind of connection. We say by heart, belief, and mouth confession. So the heart and the mouth need to be together. If your mouth is saying something you don't believe, there's not going to be fruitfulness there. So we're not healed by confession, but by the supply of the power of Christ. The supply of the healer. Okay? If we look at... Um, I've got a, uh, so I've got a, a verse to encourage you with. It would have been on the screen there. But go to Exodus 14. Exodus uh, chapter 14. This is uh, one of the verses we love to encourage each other with with regard to, to um, healing. Did you touch on this at all, Etienne? No. Wonderful. Um, 13 to 14. It says, And Moses said unto the people, Fear not, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord, which He will show you today. For the Egyptians whom you have seen today, ye shall see them again no more. The Lord shall fight for you, and ye shall hold your peace. Yes, there's a, there's a, um, um, I, I really enjoy Israel and, and his, uh, the, the band Israel. And their, their, their music style and everything like this. And we sang two of their songs this morning. And the one song, like, they sing this. They put this to, to, to music, and it's beautiful. I sing it. I'll, I'll confess. I like it. In, in the car, or wherever I am, I'll, I'll get going with it. But it's a butchering of Scripture if we quote that to each other to encourage each other in difficult times. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Don't, don't worry. He's going to fight for you. If you follow that advice, you're going to die. That's why one of the titles I'm giving this is Don't Wait for Your Healing. <clears throat> because waiting for God to do it's not going to happen. It. Okay, I know that's bad English, but it just flowed nicely. You know, where, where do you expect your healing to come from? It's not going to come from parroting verses. It's not going to come from, from confessing your sins or something like that. It's, it's, it's according to the power that's supplied in Christ. Uh, the healer himself. And he now is in you. Okay, so think about this. Jesus healed before the cross. Right? Okay. Uh, uh, 
Even if you look back in Exodus, God says, I am the Lord that heals you. So there's healing in the Old Testament. There's examples of it. Okay, so there's healing from Genesis to Malachi. There's healing during the gospel ministries, obvious uh, gospel ministry, obviously. Then there's healing after the cross in the book of Acts. So if the cross was necessary for healing, why is there so much healing all over the Bible? It's a good question to ask ourselves. And, you know, I've studied it out uh, from many different angles, and so I know some of the arguments. <laughs> okay, but uh, let's not go there now. Let's look at this. What did the cross provide then? Did it provide healing for sickness and disease? No, but I believe it provided access to that healing power much easier. Because now, you know, like the, the disciples, the, 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 the believers in Christ are commanded to go lay hands on the sick and see them recover. We've got authority now to go and minister healing. Well, you don't see a lot of that in the Old Testament. You see healing, but you don't see believers going out and healing. Okay, what do you see? God having to say, I'm the Lord that heals you. you know, and then the prophet has to give the word, go dip in the, 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 the river. And, you know, you've got all these kind of things. But, and you see healings manifested, but it's not easy. It doesn't come that easy. Okay, I'm going to raise up the staff with a serpent on it. And uh, all who look on it shall be healed. You know, like, like there's all sorts of things like that. Now we don't have to do that. Amen. It's much easier. You've got the healer inside of you. Okay, so it made it much, much easier access. So, you know, I believe many of us struggle when it comes to seeing the healing manifested in our bodies because we've got weeds, stones and thorns in our hearts regarding healing. You know, that's what Jesus spoke about in Mark chapter 4. There's often weeds, stones, things that are, are, are distracting us from truth or choking the word in our hearts. Okay, so because we've got a wrong belief about healing, that's like a weed or a stone or a thought, like, uh, or a, um, uh, a, a thorn. We, we kind of get distracted and it pulls our hearts away from truths which can set us free. You know, believing in healing is not enough. Like, where does it come from? How does it, how, how does it work? You don't have to know all the details. It's enough to know Jesus is the healer. But, like, if you believe that, that he puts sickness on people, it's going to be counterproductive. Because then, okay, he's the one that allowed the sickness in my body, but he's also the one who wants to heal me. Okay, this sounds a bit like um, uh, psychosis or something. Like a, he's psychotic, he's, he's schizophrenic. There's something wrong here because why would he put the problem to fix the problem? Okay? Now, any um, uh, government would lock up someone like that who, who is going to make a problem to fix a problem and we wouldn't want someone like that in power who's going to make problems to fix the problem to make themselves look good so one of the hindrance i believe to healing is seeing jesus far from you or seeing that you don't have enough power to get that healing but you you're kind of seeing yourself separated from him whether, you know, and this is not just with regards to healing, but with regard to um, um, Christianity in general. This is one of the, the, the problems that we have in the body of Christ, is we've got this separation mentality. Okay? That we, we think he's somewhere else. Now I'm treading on holy ground. Because... <laughs> we, 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 we've got teachings like this and we don't pull them together 
and they should be pulled together and make sense when they stand together, right? It's not, I, 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 like a lot of people have standalone teachings in the Bible, and when you put them next to each other, they conflict. It's like, okay, but then what about this? And then, but what about that? Okay, so where is Jesus? We're one with Him. He lives inside of us. But I thought He was in heaven. Oh, okay. See, <laughs> this is where the holy ground comes in. Is, if Jesus is coming back, where is He? I'm just confusing you a little bit. I'm putting some spice on the meal this evening, this afternoon. Just to stir it up a bit. Because I've been meditating and studying this out. And it's interesting. Okay? Where, where, where did he go? But I thought he was here. Now, these things we've got, to, we've, got to, we've got to dig into these things to understand what's going on. That's not my message for today. Etienne asked me to speak on healing. Amen. So, there's no shortage of power. Because Christ lives in you. Okay? There's more verses that speak about him being in you than him being somewhere else. But that's another story, as I said. So there's no shortage of power available to affect healing in your body. So why aren't we seeing more healings? Well, I don't have all the answers, and I believe that there are answers. Um, but kind of my attitude with it is, I minister healing, and I go for it, and I believe for healing, and I go for it, and, and uh, I just keep going for it. And when things don't work out the way I expect them, I keep going for it. Why? Because God's Word is true and the experience has to line up with the Word. And so I'm not going to get upset, especially if it's like something like flu. Obviously, there's, there's reason to get upset if it's, it causes death or something like that for someone. But it's like we, we, we want to we wanna believe God. There is healing, so let's do everything we can to figure this out and see it flow and go for it. But no matter what we see, we can be assured that God's nature is to heal. Every single time Jesus came into contact with a, the, a sick person, He didn't leave them like that. Okay? He, 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 when someone asked for healing, He gave healing because it's His nature to heal. God speaking in Exodus saying, I am the Lord that heals you. So there's a, that's His nature. I am healer. I am health. Okay? So... Because He's the perfect representation of God, we can see in Jesus that God wants us well and that um, this is what He wants for us. So even if I don't see it, I'm still like, God, you're still good, you're still love, you're still faithful, you're still healer. I don't understand everything, but thank God eternity is forever. That's kind of where I, I, I end up if it's a, 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 that kind of situation. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He never changes. He lives in you. He lives in me as believers. So what does that mean? I'm one with the healer. I don't think I'm going to get into it now, but I mean, think about the woman with the issue of blood. She reached out to touch just the hem of his garment. Okay, there's things we can learn from that. There was a decision that she made in her heart. There was an action of faith, and I'm going and I'm going to break the law because I'm unclean, and I'm going to reach out and touch someone, which should make them unclean. But the, 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 the Jesus being clean, when she came into contact with him, she, he made her clean. And so then she was killed, cleaned completely of her infirmity, of her sickness, in that very moment. There's a couple of interesting things from that passage, which counter a lot of traditional healing teaching. Number one, she didn't walk away and say, I've got it. In the name of Jesus, I'm healed. 
I'm still bleeding, but in the name of Jesus, I'm healed. She never did that. Immediately she was healed. Healing is immediate, or it's not. We don't need to walk away and go, you know, I'm just going to deny this thing, I'm, I'm healed. In the name of Jesus, I'm healed. No, if you, if you don't have it, you don't have it. Keep speaking life to it until you see it change. We don't see any of that uh, um, um, intellectualism in the Word where people are now trying to convince themselves they're healed because they want to see it manifest. So, there's nothing really... The other thing we can see there is the woman with the issue of blood reached out to touch the hem of his garment and I mean, I've had people encourage me. I remember t a couple of years ago when I was ill, someone was just, just reach out and just touch Jesus like the woman with the issue of blood. And I was like, that's impossible. That's impossible because he's in me. I've got to, in my head, I've got to kind of register that I'm one with the healer and allow healing to flow now. Okay? So there's... The, the, it, it, it's good for us to see that. So I was speaking about the, uh, the, the weeds, the, 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 the thorns and the stones that kind of prevent us from um, experiencing the fruitfulness of the Word. And in Mark chapter 4 verse 20, let's look at that. Mark chapter 4 verse 20. Speaking about the, the sower sows the word and it's got the, uh, um, the four types of soil and all this. And then he says, all those sown, this is from the Amplified Classic, all those sown on the good, well-adapted soil are the ones who hear the word, receive and accept it and welcome it and it bears fruit. Some 30 times and as much was sown, uh, some 60 times as much and some as 100 times as much. So... <coughs> the, the, the Amplified here is showing us that the one who hears the word, receives the word, and accepts the word, and welcomes it, bears fruit. So the word being obviously the, 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 the word, the, the word of God, okay? Not the whole Bible. I'm not, the word of God is contained in the Bible. The Passion puts it like this and said, Those who open their hearts to receive the message and their lives bear good fruits. So the heart is the soil, right? The heart needs to be in a good condition for there to be fruitfulness. The heart needs to be in good condition for there to be fruitfulness. A humble heart. Okay? What, what, what God says is true, anything else is subject to change. What God says is true, anything else is subject to change. So, it's a humble heart to say, okay, God, I think I know everything about healing, but maybe I don't. I've listened to the best of the best, but maybe I don't know everything that there is to know. And so I'm just asking you to help me. You know, I was ministering to someone this week on healing and, um, uh, 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 you know, we'd ministered a couple times to them and there's just, there, there hasn't been results. And, um, and I was just like, okay, you know what, I'm going to pray with you now and let's ask God what we're missing. See, that's one of the things we need to do sometimes is go say, God, what am I missing? Now, if it's a condition where you, you, you're like, you're praying and you're praying and you're not seeing results, go see a doctor. They're not evil. I've got a verse for that. I'm not getting into it now. Go read 2 Kings chapter 20. Okay? The, the, the doctor's not evil. Okay? My father-in-law's a doctor. Martin has that brother's a doctor. The sister-in-law's a doctor. They're not evil. They want to help people. Okay, but, the, the, but the, what I'm trying to say there is if you don't see it working, the devil still loses if you take medicine. Medicine's not evil. God's best, obviously, we know, is healing. 
but hey, I'd rather get there, stay, I'd rather stay alive by taking medicine than, than be dead because I didn't take medicine so that I can stand here and preach to you. So that I can be a blessing on this earth. Okay? So, a lot of the time, people don't receive their healing because of these weeds in our hearts, these, these, these things which counter faith. These things which counter faith. You know, they don't know that God wants them healed. You know, they, they, they think that God wants them sick or for some or other reason. They believe the healing power is in their confession of sin or confessing scripture or pleading with God or, you know, the power comes through fasting or something like that. Some people struggle to, to receive healing because they think that salvation brought them healing. And so they're passive now in saying, I'm healed because I'm saved. I'm healed because I'm saved. But meanwhile, you're, you're forgiven because you're saved. You've got the Spirit of God living in you because you're saved. Now you need to access the Spirit of God for, for that, that healing. <clears throat> okay? Let, 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 me, let me tell you, it's, uh, uh, um, it's not a secret, especially because I'm going to tell you, but it's, it's something <laughs> deeply profound. Think about an unbeliever for a moment, okay? Someone you know. Okay, now I hope you're praying for them, I hope you're trying to witness to them and that you're reaching out to them, but think about them. Okay, now in a healthy manner, think about their body for a moment. Okay, now think about your body for a moment. Do you know there's no difference? between your body and their body, except that your body's got somebody living in it called Jesus. Theirs doesn't. So if you, they need healing, tag you're it, you can minister healing because you've got the healer inside of you. But physically there's no difference because, I mean, there's, there's so many verses that speak about this. We have a mortal body. It perishes. If this body perishes, it, my spirit can't live in it. For to be absent from, uh, for the, when the spirit is absent from the body, the body is dead. That's, that's the thing. We've got to look after the body because if the body cannot live, cannot breathe, cannot, cannot function, then the spirit can't stay. The spirit has to go. Okay, so we've got to look after ourselves. But the power of God in us can touch our physical bodies and bring the healing that we maybe need. So whenever we get sick, it's proof that we're mortal. But healing is a sign of immortality. In, in a, healing and in in, in immortality in a sense of, we've got the Spirit of God living in us, and for, that's forever. So when we close our eyes in this life, we open them up in the next. We don't cease to exist. Okay? So... <coughs> How do we access this healing then? You know, that, that whole uh, verse that we started off with, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. This is something that we, we tend to encourage ourselves with, encourage others, and it, it creates a passivity, and now I'm going to wait. Now I'm going to wait. I, I, I've had a lot of people uh, 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 that I'm ministering to, or just that I've talked to at, at church, say things like that to me, I'm just waiting for my healing. In one way, yes, but in another way, don't be passive in waiting. Be active in waiting. Okay? Moses led the, the, the people of Israel out of Egypt, where they had been slaves for 430 years. Okay? Now, nobody in that, 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 that camp, as far as I know, was 430 years. Okay? 
Um, so none of them were slaves for 430 years, but their grandfather and their great-grand... You know, there was a generational slave, uh, uh, generations of slavery. Think about how that affected their minds. Think about how that affected their culture, the way that they see life, the way that they live. Okay? <clears throat> and now, uh, um, uh, you know the story of Exodus, I trust. And uh, <coughs> let me just take a sip of water. Now uh, Moses goes to set the, uh, lead the people out of bondage into the promised land. And there's about two to three million Hebrews that he's leading. It's not like 20 people like we see in the movies sometimes. Okay? It's two to three million people on this, this, ex, this great exodus. And as they're leaving Egypt, Pharaoh has a change of heart. And so he pulls his army together and he's going to go and get them now. Okay? And so, Exodus 14. We're going to pick up a couple verses in here. If you want to follow, I'm reading in the ESV, English Standard. Exodus 14 from verse 9. It says, The Egyptians pursued them, all Pharaoh's horses and chariots and his horsemen and his army, and overtook them, encamped at the sea. And Pharaoh drew near. The people of Israel lifted up their eyes, and behold. Now picture yourself in their shoes. The Egyptians were marching after them, and they feared greatly. It's an understatement. And the, people, or, and the people of Israel cried out to the Lord. Okay, that's what most of us do when, when the armies are coming against us, right? <laughs> like when, when things are going problem. Oh God, like where are you? Uh, or at least, oh God, help or something. It's a good prayer. But in this situation, they're doing what most people do when they're stuck between a rock and a hard place. Crying out to God, Christian or not, lots of people do this. Okay? When things look impossible, there is really only one person to turn to. You know, when you're sitting in a doctor's office and they say, I've got some bad news for you, X, Y, and Z, you know, you can, you can get some good help from them sometimes, but they are limited. God is limitless, and so He's the one we need to turn to ultimately and go, God, help. It's not wrong. Okay, but that can't stay there. We need to move that, that prayer forward. So Moses, or the, sorry, the people then turn to their leader, Moses. And then they start moaning to him. And they said to Moses, Is it because there's no graves in Egypt that you have taken us away to die in the wilderness? It's a bit of sarcasm, eh? What have you done to bring us out of Egypt? Is this not what we said to you in Egypt? Leave us alone that we may serve the Egyptians. Leave us alone. We want to be slaves. Okay? Uh, for it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the wilderness. So the Hebrews would have rather been slaves than die free. And after 17 generations of bondage, God's chosen people were so familiar with bondage that they, want, they, they felt the comfort of bondage. You know, we had um, a family in church where the, the, the father had been in a car accident before uh, um, he had been in, uh, before they were in Grace Life, and he had some physical handicaps uh, which resulted in him not being able to work, and so then, he, you know, he had some or other um, benefit that paid him out so that he would, you know, not uh, suffer financially. And that's kind of where they were at as a family. And now as they were learning amazing truths about healing and stuff, <clears throat> his own words were, he's scared to be healed. Because if he gets healed, he's going to lose his 
his benefits. And his industry has changed so much in the 15 years or so that he's, he's been sick that would he even be able to work? And you can understand that. And sadly, he died in that condition about 10 years after that. But the point is, is that uh, people, we, we, we can all become so familiar that we don't uh, uh, consider healing as an option anymore. Okay? So, you know, we can't imagine anything else as a possibility. I've seen it. Because, you know, um, in churches where I know most people, I don't know most people here, but in churches where I know most people, I can stand there and I go, okay, we're going to pray for those that are sick. If, you're, if, you're, if you want healing, come forward. I'm like, I know you need to come forward, but you've probably forgotten that you're sick, even though it's chronic. Because we become familiar with it. It's not a sin, but it's not, not freedom. Okay, so you know, these guys were suffering and they thought that the, the, they were suffering in the bondage in Egypt, but they thought it's going to be better than being in the wilderness and dying there. You know, when we've been sick for a period of time, sometimes we've learned to become one with the condition so much that we can't imagine not having it anymore. Okay, and so we need to break out of that. We need to break out of that. The healing power of Jesus doesn't question your condition. The healing power of Jesus doesn't say, how long has this been going on? Wow, that's a bit difficult. 20 years, maybe this can't work. The healing power of Jesus doesn't ask any questions, it just heals. There's no short supply of healing. Okay, the purpose of sickness is to steal life. Okay, it's, you could call it limited death, sickness. It's just, it's supposed to be destructive. It is destructive in nature. You can't say sickness is blessing you. You could learn something through it. It could be a blessing to you in some way, but it's destructive. Okay? It's destructive. So let's get back to the story in Exodus. Let's get back to the story in Exodus. The people have cried out to God. They've moaned at Moses. And now Moses turns to the people with the encouragement that we all have on coffee mugs. Fear not. Stand firm and see the salvation of the Lord which he will work for you today for the Egyptians whom you see today you shall not see you shall never see again the Lord will fight for you you only have to be silent now I want to remind you if you're silent if you're sick you're gonna die okay this seems to be a typical word of encouragement but uh, as I say you, 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 you we've got to do good in Bible interpretation here Good in, a Bible interpretation starts with the question of who is speaking. So let me ask you the question. Who is speaking here? Moses. Is God speaking? So who said that to the people? So we can learn from that, but let's, let's, let's ask some good questions. So we're not just taking the word at uh, face value, but we're actually interpreting it correctly. Because if we don't interpret it correctly, it's not going to benefit us. Okay, so let's read that part. If you look in that verse there, it says, The Lord said to Moses, Why do you cry out to me? So after Moses has cried out to the people, what does the Lord say to him? What are you moaning about? Why are you crying out to me? God continues and says, You tell the people of Israel to go forward. Lift up your staff. Stretch out your hand over the sea to divide it, that the people of Israel may go forth on the, uh, through the sea on dry ground. So he, yeah, th this is the truth that we need to learn from this. 
We cannot ask God to do what He's given us authority to do. We cannot ask God to, to do what He's given us authority to do. God had given Moses the, 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 the charge to lead the people out of bondage into the promised land. He had said to, them, to, to Moses to, to, to lead them through. Okay, He didn't tell Moses that he's got, he's got a plan for them. In the middle of the desert, the, Israel, the, the, the Pharaoh and his army is going to come and destroy them. It wasn't a, he had said, I'm going to lead you into the promised land. Not, I'm going to lead you halfway and kill you. Okay, that wasn't part of the plan. So then God tells him to, to, to lift up his staff. The staff is a symbol of authority. The staff is a symbol of authority. And he says, stretch it out over the sea. Okay, the sea, what was, the sea, what was, is that which was preventing the, um, uh, them from moving forward. Okay, and so Moses, God tells Moses, divide the sea so that the people may go through on dry ground. God doesn't say, ask me to divide the waters. He tells Moses, I've given you the authority, your staff, use it. Yeah, and he would say to us, I've given you your tongue, use it. The power and authority is enough for you to deal with whatever problem you're facing. Okay? So are you crying out to God and telling Him about how big your problem is, or are you actually dealing with the problem with what He's given you? Luke chapter 10 verse 19, Luke 10 verse 19 from the Passion says, now you understand that I've imparted to you my authority to trample over his kingdom. You will trample upon every demon that uh, before you and overcome every power Satan possesses. Absolutely nothing will harm you as you walk in this authority. See, that, that's speaking to us. That this is what we've got. This is what we should be living in. God has given us authority to deal with our problems. Okay? But we need to rise up to live as overcomers. We need to use what we've been given. So, in the last uh, 10 minutes or so, I want to kind of just talk about this power that we've been given and the authority, because now it's the, the power that resides and lives in me. And now we need to talk, we need to, we, what we need to do is use our authority, our words, our actions to release this power. Okay? <clears throat> so, you know, if we were healed through salvation, there would be no need for the gifts of healing in the church. Our redemption in Christ Jesus didn't provide healing for our physical bodies. Our bodies didn't receive physical healing at salvation, but salvation made it available to us by now the power that lives inside of us. So Ephesians chapter 1 couple of verses I want to pull out in Ephesians chapter 1 from verse 19 to 20. King James says, And what is the exceeding greatness of His power to usward who believe, according to the working of His mighty power, which He wrought in Christ when He raised Him from the dead and set Him on His own right hand in heavenly places? Now, um, I don't have this in my notes here, but if I stand, I stand to be corrected, but I'm pretty sure if you look up the word power there in verse 19, in the Strong's, if you've got a Strong's Bible and you click on it, you're doing that for us, Etienne. What does it say? 
I'll give you a second and then I'm going to read this verse from the Passion Translation. But read to us what it says, uh, the word power there is. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 19. Okay, so that's talking about authority then. Force and strength. Force and strength. So this is what we've got inside of us. Force, if you want to say then. Force to drive out demons, drive out sickness. Bring that healing that we need. Okay, and the other, the other power in there, the exceeding greatness of His power. Dunamis. Dunamis. Another word where that's used is in Acts chapter 1 verse 8. Which is, you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. It's the same word used in um, the account of the woman with the issue of blood. When it says virtue, where she touched Jesus' head, the hem of his garment, and, and virtue flowed out of Jesus' body, you go look it up. That word virtue is dunamis. Now where is dunamis? It's in you. The same dunamis that, that healed that woman with the issue of blood, the Bible's showing you it lives in you now. So, uh, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 19 to 20, from the Passion. I pray that you will continually experience the immeasurable greatness of God's power made available to you through faith. Then your lives will be an advertisement of this immense power as it works through you. This is the mighty power that was released when God raised, Jesus, uh, raised Christ from the dead and exalted Him to the, the place of highest honor and supreme authority in, our hev in the heavenly realm. What he's saying here, Paul's writing and saying that our eyes must be open to the tangible power that's always working in us and is always available to us. Now, if we're all honest, and I ask you to raise your hand, I'm sure everyone would raise their hand, that we're not always aware of that power. We're not always aware of that power. And usually, when the pawpaw hits the fan, we have to try and remind ourselves of the power. In the moments when it matters, we kind of feel like we have to work it up. Right? We feel like, wow, I need to go and pray in tongues for an hour. Or something. It's a good thing to go and do when the pawpaw hits the fan. But, that power is always at work. You're not always at work, but that power is always at work. So we've got to start to realize that the power is always at work. And as soon as I just put my mind in line with, that, the, uh, with the truth that the power is always at work, that's when things can happen. The power uh, is in us, in all its purity, in all its greatness, in all its ability. Okay, look at, uh, well you can write down the reference, but 2 Corinthians 4 verse 7. 2 Corinthians 4 verse 7 says, But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellency of the power of God may, not, uh, may be of God and not of us. So this is talking about your body as an earthen vessel. That's why we've got to look after our, our physical beings, because these are, physic these are earthen vessels. You drop an earthen pot and it breaks. So, you know, uh, uh, but what this is also saying is that within the earthen vessel is the glory of God. The Spirit of God lives in us. Okay? That power is unbreakable and it lives in a breakable body. So now there's just a, like, when, when, with regard to healing, we just need that point of contact. Okay? That unbreakable power in us 
can deal with whatever is trying to break our bodies. Whatever virus, whatever uh, infection, whatever else is going on there. Okay? But we need to be conscious of what we're not feeling. That's a loaded statement. Most of us are conscious of what we're feeling. Not conscious of truth. We, we mustn't be conscious of the pain that we're experiencing more than we are of the power of God in us that we don't feel. I had an amazing question after the conference yesterday. I really appreciated this question. Someone asked me, um, when they spend time with the Lord, like sometimes they'll spend time in prayer and they'll really just feel the presence of God in such a powerful way when they, you know, and they, they'll enjoy it. Sometimes they put a worship song on or sometimes they're just studying the Word and praying. And they were like, and I sometimes feel the presence of God and it's amazing and then sometimes I don't. How do you spend time with God? Like, and Because and, and, they want to kind of always feel the presence of God. I said, I don't care if I feel something or not. That, that's how I spend time with God. <laughs> it's like, truth is more important to me than what I feel. Because I remember going on a trip uh, 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 um, once and, and I felt the presence of God on this whole trip that I was going uh, 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 and when I got home, I, I sat down on my couch and I was like, I don't feel the presence of God anymore. God, where are you? Should I have stayed wherever I was? Or you know, Am I in your will? Am I not in your will? I don't feel the goosebumps. And I felt God say to me, um, if um, you have a choice to make now, you either need to choose to live according to the word, which says I'll never leave you and I'll never forsake you, or you choose to live by feelings and seeking experiences and it's going to be up and down and up and down and up and down. So for me, even on uh, uh, my worst day, if I feel sick, I'm more in touch with the truth of the Spirit in me, and it's a, it's a battle, but I choose to be more in touch with the Spirit within me than I choose to be in touch with the pain within me. And I've experienced pain, so I'm not saying that I haven't. I've had battles, I've got battles, and so I'm not saying I'm, 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 I'm separated from them, but I don't let them affect me. My, my, I still make my decisions to do what God's called me to do, regardless of what I feel. Okay? And then the more conscious I become of that power, the more I see it then affect those that I minister to and even my own self. So, Philip. Philemon, Philemon, however you want to pronounce it. Uh, there's only one chapter, but verse 6 shows us an, an, an essential ingredient in this process. And it says that the communication of your faith may become effectual by the acknowledging of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. The Amplified says, I pray that the participation in and sharing of your faith may produce and promote full recognition and appreciation and understanding and precise knowledge of every good thing that is ours in our identification with Christ Jesus and unto His glory. So the, the Amplified Classic really puts it nicely. Listen to the Passion. I pray, that, uh, I pray for you that the faith we share may effectively deepen your understanding of every good thing that belongs to you in Christ. The bottom line, we need to acknowledge what we've got. I'm not talking about the pain. We need to acknowledge what we've got. And I'm not talking about the sickness. We need to acknowledge what we've got, and that's the power and the Spirit of God. We need to acknowledge what we've received through salvation. Okay? God lives in me. I'm one with Christ. Our spiritual growth is not dependent on knowing many things. 
Our spiritual growth is dependent on one truth and being grounded in it and allowing it to take depth in our hearts. And that is, I'm one with Him and coming to know Christ in me. Okay, Ephesians chapter 6 verse 10 says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. So we need to take up the power of God that's in us and stir ourselves up in the Spirit. Another verse just around there says, Pray in the Spirit on all occasions. We need to be praying in the Spirit. We need to be stirring up what we've got, meditating on these truths, and then as we feel we need to, we, 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 or as the occasion demands, we, we speak words of life, we release a, a, a life into situations, into physical, whatever, into ourselves. Okay? Just a couple more verses here. Philippians chapter 1 verse 19 from the King James. Philippians 1 verse 19. For I know that this shall turn to my salvation through your prayer, and that the supply of the Spirit and the supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ. Okay? The supply of the Spirit is the supply of power. And how we access that or use that is through words. Through dominating or decisive words. So how I would deal with that is I pray in the Spirit. And I pray in the Spirit over a situation. And then as I feel a boldness rising up within me, I'll speak words in English. Because that's my... My, my uh, mother tongue, I'll speak words in English into a situation or uh, towards someone that I'm ministering to that will direct the situation. Be healed, like Jesus said. <laughs> you know, be whole. I command life to manifest and bring healing and wholeness or whatever the, 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 the situation is. Look at James 5.16. Second to last verse here. James 5.16. It says... The, the whole context is great. And it, it, in, in context, I, I, I'm using the verse in context, but I'm just going to cut into the, the, the last part there. It says, the earnest, this is amplified, the earnest, heartfelt, continued prayer of a righteous man makes, makes tremendous power available, dynamic in its working. The earnest, heartfelt, continued prayer of a righteous man makes tremendous power available, Dynamic in its working. Now, the first thing I want to say is when we read a couple of verses in the Bible, it says, pray without ceasing. When do you cease from praying? It's a good question. Okay. This is uh, the heartfelt continued prayer. When do we stop continuing? As believers, we should constantly be in a place of prayer. Then there should be a focused time of prayer when that's all we're doing. But as we go about our daily lives, we should be in a place of a, a, a communion with God or praying in the Spirit because it keeps us stirred up. It keeps us focused. It keeps us able to press into things or whatever. Okay? But it says that the earnest, heartfelt, earnest and heartfelt gives us an idea of the intensity. Gives us an idea of the, the kind of ferventness Another word, translation uses that word. Ferventness that we should have when it comes to prayer and dealing with things. Okay? I, I, often we can be just like, in the name of Jesus, be healed. How are you feeling? And, and I, I, can, I believe it can be as simple as that, depending on where the heart's at. Is your heart really fervent about that prayer? Though? You know, I've had a couple people 
in, uh, uh, over the years phoned me in a, in a tragedy like, uh, like Etienne this week. And you know what I do usually straight away? Is I'm intense in tongues. But intense that you don't see me doing up front here. You know, I'll close my door, I'll lock it, and I'll be intense for, a, for until I know that I need to stop or until someone interrupts me with further news or something like that. Because, because it's, there's an intensity that, that it, it, it's, it's reflected from the heart of this is serious. We need to deal with this seriously. But most people in their prayer life or ministering, healing or whatever, it's kind of just like, oh, well, we'll just keep trusting for the Lord to do something here. Or like, oh, we just, oh, well, it didn't work this time, maybe next time. And it's like, no, 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 no. Be like a dog who won't let go of a tennis ball. <laughs> be like a dog who won't let go of a tennis ball. Be aggressive. Be aggressive. <laughs> oh, I'm sweet, you, Eddie. Let, let, let's not hold back and hold, uh, and, and hold down, but let's, let's, let's stir ourselves up and, and go for it. Because here's the, the truth that we need to believe and allow to be unlocked. No sickness can withstand the power of God that's in you. Not inside the man of God, the pastor, the prophet, the evangelist, the pastor, the teacher, but in all of us. This is written to all of us. Okay? Matthew chapter 10 verse 1. Matthew chapter 10 verse 1. And when he called unto him, him his twelve disciples, he gave them power against unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all manner of sickness and all manner of disease. So even the sickest believer lying on a hospital bed has this power in them. This is what amazes me. Is you can have such a, a sickness which is affecting your whole body and it's like in the same space you've got this immense power at work within you. And all we want is the connection. And yet most of us don't give due diligence to it or focus. What we're doing is like, okay, let me just finish watching my series quickly. And then I'll get into this and I'll pursue this. Like, the things of God need to be pursued. It needs to be a focus. It needs to be something that we're like a dog with a tennis ball. I'm not letting go of this. Okay? No believer lacks the power. That's why we need to acknowledge what we've got and then we need to release it. So, we acknowledge, I've got the power. The Spirit of God dwells in me. Thank you, Father, that your healing power is at work in me. And so now I release it in the name of Jesus. And then you pray accordingly or you pray as you need to. Amen. So let's stand up together. I just want to pray for us before I hand over to Etienne. And just uh, close your eyes, put your hand on your chest even. And just, just say after me, I, I, I acknowledge I'm a believer. Therefore I, Therefore, I have the power of God in me. Thank you, Jesus, you live in me. Thank you, Jesus, you live in me. The healer lives in me. The power of God lives in me. So Father, right now I just thank you that you know, we are acknowledging these things with our mouths, but I thank you that we would acknowledge them in our hearts and that we would see this. This would become our default. 
And I just thank you that your power, your spirit is at work in every single one of us right now. And right now in the name of Jesus, I just use my words to direct that power over every single one in this room. We don't have to know the conditions. We don't have to know the problems going on physically. But right now, like it says in the word, you healed all their sickness. You healed all the diseases there. In so many instances, we thank you, Father, that you are present now to heal all. To heal all. And so in the name of Jesus, right now we just release healing power to flow in this room and in every single body in the name of Jesus. Every organ. We just command you right now to function in completeness. We command restoration to every single part of your body now in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, for life to flow in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, right now for healing power made manifest. We command it manifest now in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, that there's going to be testimonies of little issues and big issues and all sorts of issues just being completely rectified in our bodies in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, that we're going to have just even be caught unawares throughout the day as we go about our business, realizing that whatever it was is gone now. We look to you. You're the healer. You live in us. We thank you, Father, that healing follows us everywhere. And that's not just for us, it's for those we come into contact with. We've we've confessed that we're believers. Father, I thank you that you said believers would lay hands on the sick and we'd see them recover. So as we come into contact with those that are ill, I thank you that we will, with boldness, speak words of healing and words of life and minister life to people and see that that the restoration come in their bodies. As a sign of your goodness. As confirmation of the message which we carry and the message which we preach. Salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Now we saw a a couple of healings on the, 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 the mission trip we just came back from. With the week, I've forgotten even there was a mission trip. <laughs> but the, 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 the one lady was rushed into hospital even. Um, after we prayed for her, uh, the next day, I didn't tell the team that actually, but uh, the, 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 the next day, I, I have the church phone, uh, the, the Karis church phone there, and I looked at it and I saw uh, an urgent message, please pray for Sister Nelly, it was her name, and it was, please pray for her, she's in hospital um, you know, she's been rushed there, water, water, water. And I can't remember what her problem was, but um, we had prayed for her, we had taught her, and she had had that, she's been ministered to from January, because she's been in the church from January. And uh, straight away, you know, the, the saints were praying, I sent her a message, we prayed, and um, the next day, she received a testimony that the doctors said that um, her count of whatever it was, was down from 19, I think down to 6. And the doctor says, this doesn't happen naturally. It can't happen. It, it doesn't happen. It's kind of like, it's, it, it has to be a miracle. And, so, and then she just kept improving and kept improving and she was released from hospital. So it's like, that's the, the freshest testimony I can think of right now. 
But there are many people who've ex who experienced healing on the trip. There's many people who you've experienced healing in this room. And so don't doubt the power of God in your body and at work in your body. Believe God. And so Father, I thank you that as we, we go through this week, we'll be aware of the mighty power at work within us. The dunamis of God at work in us. To restore, to revive, to refresh, to renew. And I thank you, Father, that even chronic situations in this room, I thank you, Father, that this week is going to be a week of drastic improvement in Jesus' name. I feel like there's someone, I can see you working with some pills and some medicines and stuff, and I can see a picture of you just, um, it, it's like you, you've had to increase recently because it's getting worse. And I just feel like over you right now, that you put your hand on your chest, I feel like the Lord's just saying, like uh, this week is a turnaround. In the name of Jesus, I command a turnaround and I command life to flow in your body and restore now in the name of Jesus. Don't be upset if it's not all at once. Don't be upset if it's not complete healing. But know that if it can improve, it can get completely better. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Last thing I want to share just on healing quickly is just that, you know, often, like, if we're all believers in the room, we've all got the healing power of Jesus, we've all got the authority to release that, and often what happens is pride prevents us from receiving our healing. Because we're waiting for the man of God. I mean, in our culture, we don't say that. I've come from Zim, where it's the man of God at the pulpit. So that's why I'm saying man of God all the time. But like the, 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 the pastor or whoever, like they, they're the one who needs to pray for me. And by all means, we're here to pray for you with pleasure. You know, Etienne can release the power right now as much as I can. You know, so you can ask for prayer. But sometimes your healing, your miracle, your whatever is in the believer that you don't like. Now, don't be offended if everyone comes and asks you for prayer. <laughs> but the point I'm trying to make is, you know, when we humble ourselves, God exalts us. So sometimes we need to go, hey, would you please pray for me? I'm, I'm struggling with something and I would like some prayer. And then you can see some great things happen. So, Father, I just thank you that... We would just be aware of your power at work in the body. You know, this is what the Bible speaks about in 1 Corinthians 11 when it says, uh, uh, considering the body of Christ. The body of Christ is the church. So Father, I thank you that we would consider the body, that we would consider that healing is in the body, in the church. Your power is here. And that we would just be free to ask for healing from anyone and be free to lay hands on anyone and command and speak words of life. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Amen. You can find more of our free teachings on our website, www.gracelife.ca. And if you're ever in the Tigerberg area, we invite you to join us for one of our gatherings. Our aim is to help you discover Jesus, find family, and experience life. To contact us or to find out where and when we meet, visit our website www.gracelife.ca